How's everybody doing today? Everybody's good? All right. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. All right, guys. So we want to welcome you guys to our third week of our uh, Family Matters series. Um, how's everything been going? You guys been, been flowing with me? All right. All right. Two of y'all been. All right, good. Um, so we're going to start um, today. We dealt with uh, the beginning of the family on week one. We dealt with the fall of the family in week two. Uh, this today, we're going to deal with the blessing of children. Um, just in, in the kids, y'all should ride with me today. Um, anyone that has a child has a blessing from God. I should get an amen from everybody in here. Everybody in here, that's somebody's baby. Y'all need to look at your mama and say, that's right, I am a blessing. That's right, y'all. Look at mom tell her, I'm a blessing. That's right, let her know. Let her know. All children are a blessing from God. And we want to make sure that we always keep that in perspective. Um, one thing I had to understand is that children are people too. Um, they're not our slaves. They're not just someone that, you know, we're taskmasters over, but they have personalities. They have feelings. Uh, they have ideas. They have input. They have thoughts. Um, don't necessarily mean I'm going to listen to all of them, um, but they have a right to an, op an opinion in their mind. You know, certain opinions keep to yourself. Uh, but children are a blessing from the Lord. And um, I think one of the problems that we have sometimes is that we get so caught up in our work life and work balance of life and work and children and everything else um, that sometimes we lose the value of understanding how important they are to us. Um, that God did not just give you a children, children, regardless of whatever circumstance you come through. But those children are born with purpose. And it is the responsibility of the parent to make sure that we guide them properly into their purpose. Because we're going to be held accountable, at least for during the years that they're under your roof, of how you led and directed them. So we want to understand that parenting is more than just I provide, I work, and I feed. But I also guide, I direct, I advise, I give information to, I rebuke, I spank some. I discipline, I, chast I chastise because I understand your purpose. And because I understand your purpose, I want to make sure that I guide you in the right direction. Amen. I got any parents here with me to understand what I'm saying? So we're going to go to the book of uh, Psalms, uh, the 127th Psalm. We can read this whole thing in its entirety because uh, it's, it's not that long. And when you get there, say Amen. All right, if you're not there, say hold up. Jody, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Welcome home, Jody. <laughs> she know I'm, I'm just getting with her. All right, you guys ready? All right, all right, Jody's ready, so that means we really ready. All right, <laughs> I'm going to just start here. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain, you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Now, I want you to uh, hashtag that or not hashtag it, but put a little slash there and put daughters as well. Uh, so sons and daughters are a heritage from the Lord. Amen. Children are children, a reward. I'm sorry. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. 
Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. Such men will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city's gate. All right. And we're going to be dealing again with the blessing of children. You guys with me? We have to be careful, y'all. Not to just follow patterns. And what I mean by patterns is this is the way my mama did it. So this is the way I'm going to do it. Because not all patterns are biblical. <laughs> not all patterns are biblical. I'm going to give you an example, okay? Uh, I heard this story recently uh, where it was Thanksgiving at a family's house. And they have the ham. And when they grab the ham, the mom grabs a knife and she cuts the edges off the sides of the ham. And they, they look at her and they say, that's weird. Why don't you just put the whole ham in the oven? She says, I don't know. That's the way my mom did it. So another generation or so, so they, they go back to the grandmom and they say, grandmom, uh, mom said that uh, you, 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 when you make ham, you cut the edges of the ham. Why do you cut the edges of the ham? She says, I don't know. Uh, it's because my mom did it. Um, and, and, and luckily the great grandma was still alive and they said, great grandma, um, grandma said that you cut the edges of the ham and my mom says you cut the edges of the ham. Why do you cut the edges of the ham? She said, because my oven was too small. And in order for us to cook the whole ham, we had to cut the edges off in order for it to fit inside of the oven. So for two, three generations, they've been cutting the end of the ham when their oven was big enough because grandma was cutting it. But grandma was only cutting it because her oven wasn't big enough. So we're following patterns without understanding of the patterns. And although we're following the patterns, trying to be like grandma and grandma, sometimes it's not biblical. Sometimes it's not right. And sometimes time has just evolved. I'm going to give you another example. I grew up in a house where uh, if, if it was lightning outside and thundering, uh, turn all the lights off and shut up because the Lord is speaking. All right. I'm the only one that grew up in that kind of house. All right. Uh, uh, not only that, but don't you cut on no water because if you take a shower, you'll get electrocuted. <laughs> it sounds crazy to some of y'all, but this is the kind of house I grew up in. Now, I, now uh, uh, last week it was thundering and lightning. And Rachel was out with my mom, and, and, and um, I still had that spirit in me. And, uh, you know, the lights flickered. I said, cut all the lights out. <laughs> and I said, don't cut no water on. And it hit me that that was just something that my mom was telling me. Didn't necessarily mean that it was right. But I carried a pattern into my next generation. And I'm not even questioning it. It's just that something that I learned over the years and that I'm doing, and I ain't never heard of a person in all my years of life that has been electrocuted while taking a shower. Maybe y'all know somebody. Just recently somebody was, okay, all right, so I'm going to continue this on in the next generation. So, so we have patterns that we do. We have certain things that we do in our life, and then we do them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that is biblical. Sometimes mama did it. Sometimes grandmama did it. And sometimes great grandmama did it for their purpose, for their reason, for their generation. And sometimes just because of their understanding. I'm learning in all my years of even reading the Bible that some things were taken out of context, not necessarily out of uh, uh, of being dogmatic and mean, but just based out of ignorance. And when I mean ignorance, I don't mean stupidity. I mean that that was based off of their interpretation of the text. 
and they had us doing certain things and saying that you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that based off of their interpretation of the text. Now, I believe that God will honor that because they were trying to honor God. But uh, now that we have become educated and we have all of these Googles and, 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 and commentaries and all of these books that can help us, now we should be able to bring understanding to the scripture and not just carry patterns of scripture. Because what will happen is you'll have a world that it evolved and you'll have an outdated church. Y'all with me? So we have to be careful not to just follow patterns, but we want to make sure that if we follow patterns, that the patterns are biblical. Y'all remember? Now watch this. One thing you have to understand is that your kid will remember the culture of your house more than moments. I'm going to say that again. Children will remember the culture of the house more than the moments. I don't know if you ever had a situation where you would tell your parents about certain things that happened and then they throw in your face, well, I provide it. Well, I put food on the table. But a lot of times, what you carry is the culture. You carry what was the, 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 the I don't want to say the energy, but what was the doctrine of that household, and you carry that more than the memories. So a lot of times, the parent will be looking at it saying, I did everything that I could, but they don't really look at what culture they developed and raised that child in. So you'll, you'll, you'll constantly throw in my face or they'll constantly throw in your face. Well, I did everything I could. But what kind of culture did you build in the house that will cultivate me as I moved into my adulthood? You fed me, but did you love me? You fed me, but did you tell me you loved me? You fed me, but did you give me time? Did you spend time? Did we sit down and watch a movie together? Have we ever gone to the movies together? Y'all quiet. Have we ever had a connection outside of you just putting food on the table and clothes on our backside and sending us to school? Y'all quiet. See, there was a generation during a time where a dad had to work 12 and 14 hours a day and you didn't see him. And he looked at it as I provided. And he did the best that he could because it was his responsibility to provide, but there was no relationship. Now we live in a time where we have more work balance. And it's a terrible thing for me to come home after eight hours, close the door, and not talk to my children and ask them about their day. And then they'll grow up, they'll, grow up, they'll be 18, and then all they will remember is dad would come home and shut the door and not speak to anyone. But they, and, and all I will do is I'll remind them of moments. Well, I took you to Disney. Well, I took you to Six Flags. Well, I gave you candy. But the question is, but did you talk to me? Did you love me? Did you ever tell me you were proud of me? Or did you just give me things to pacify me? Because you felt as though that's just what parents do. And it's more than that. Parenting is about relationship. Y'all with me? God is the only one, back to the text, that can build our house. Amen. God is the only one that can build our house. So unless the Lord builds a house, and we're going to get to what, 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 makes, uh, what puts together God building a house. Unless the Lord builds a house, watch this, it's builders labor over it, over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, 
the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. So watch this. The Lord builds, but he looks for your participation. So he's going to build your house, but you're going to go to work. Y'all with me? Faith without works is, which means that God is looking for participation. So the Lord is going to build our house. The Lord is going to watch over us. But we have to stay alert. We have to labor. We have to get up early. We got to stay up late. We got to work hard for food. Yes, but God is involved in the whole process. And we have to always keep that in our mind that God is the center of everything. Now watch this. You got to work hard and rest hard. Not work less and rest hard. <laughs> Some of us will be like, well, Jesus got it. I'm going to go to bed. No, 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 no. No, Jesus got it. You're going to go to work too. Because Jesus is going to give you the strength to work. God wants to see some work behind your action. You can't just speak things as though they were, as, you know, God also worked. So when God spoke, he put his hand in the stuff. So God is looking for us to work. So unless the Lord builds a house, it's builders labor in vain over it, which means that you still have to labor, but you need the Lord to build it. Now, I'm going to give you six C's. You with me? Six C's that makes a house that is built by God. Y'all with me? Six C's that shows us whether or not a house is built by God. Number one, conversions. Evangelism and discipleship should start in your home first. Before I start trying to win the world, I should be trying to win my home. Y'all quiet. I'd be a failure today if I get up here today and I'm preaching Jesus to all of y'all, but I'm not preaching Jesus to this front row during the week. I'm a fraud. And then most likely, if I'm doing that, I'm all about the numbers. My first ministry and your first ministry is in your home. So the first thing to building a house is conversions in your own home. Now, watch this. We have the opportunity to accept or reject the will of God. But like Munchie said in the interview, but we had to pray. But we knew who God was. And if Munchie would have decided that she did not know, want to know God, it wouldn't have been a failure on her mother because her mother did her job by evangelizing and discipling in the home. She made her own decision when she became an adult, but she did her job. So the question is, are we doing our job in the home before we go out and saying that we're ministers and we're preachers and we're evangelists and we're deacons and we're all of those great titles in the church? What is your work in your house? When was the last time you talked to your children about Jesus? What scriptures do our children know? Uh-oh. Conviction. All right, come on now. J.J. was two years old and could quote the Lord's Prayer. Three, four years old, we should be knowing scriptures. Conversion starts in our house with us, or else it's not a house that's built by God. Y'all with me? Number two. Commitment. Your house must have a commitment 
to Jesus Christ. Mm. Y'all with me? As for me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. There's a certain commitment to my house that is committed to Jesus in spite of what goes on everywhere else. But mom, they doing this, but here we do this. But over there, they house ain't like ours. But in this house, we're committed to Jesus. But they let them stay out till four and five in the morning. That's that house. But over here, because I care for you and because I love you, my commitment in this house is to Jesus. Y'all with me? Number three. We have conversions. We have commitment. We have commandments. Is the word of the Lord being taught to your children? So we have evangelism, we have discipleship, we have commitment to Jesus, but then are we talking Bible? This is conviction for me now. I'm not just preaching to y'all, I'm preaching to me now. When was the last time we sat in a circle, opened up the scriptures, and shared the Bible with our families? We call ourselves Christians, y'all. When was the last time we sat around and said, hey, what's, what's your view on children's church today? Moses in the Red Sea, tell me about it. Every Sunday when the kids get in the car, and they know they got a test when we get home. I asked Ayana and Alana, what was the sermon today? And I know whether or not they was listening based off of how long they talked. Because Yana just be like, Jesus. <laughs> and Alana gives me a whole essay. But then I learned that she's saying the same thing five times. But she's trying to talk to make it look like she's. But there's, 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 there's the commandments, meaning that we're conveying the scriptures and we're looking to see whether or not they're understanding the scriptures. Are you with me? I'm, I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speed it up in a minute. Number four, conversations. What is the conversations in your home? Is your conversation centered around Christ? Watch this. Is your advice to your children centered around Christ? Or is your advice to your children centered around self-help, social media, and other people's suggestions. The Bible has all the instructions that we need on how to raise our children. Amen. And the first thing that should come across your mind if your children has a question or if you need to have a certain conversation about certain things is it should be centered around the Bible. Now, whether or not they do it, that's on them. But one thing that we have to do is we have to make sure that our conversations are centered around the word of God. Are y'all with me? Number five. Compassion. Talked about this a couple minutes ago. Is there love in your house? Do our children feel loved? Do our children feel supported? Do our children know that we have their back? Or are we always, or are we always just hollering, yelling, fussing, cussing, and beating? Are there conversations about our feelings? Are there conversations about our expectations? Lord, it's quiet in here. We're quick to discipline, but are we quick to explain why we discipline? Y'all, and I'm not talking about the old school beating. I told you not to. That ain't, that ain't, no, I ain't listening at that point. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, bear the pain. I'm talking about a conversation. Do I know why you're disciplining me? Or is this just something that comes with the territory of being in this house that you're just going to pop me upside the head? without any explanation. Y'all with me? 
Number six. Is this okay? Yes. All right, one person. Cleanliness. Now, y'all like, Lord, let me sweep the floor. We ain't talking about the house, per se, and the cleaning of the floors. And some of y'all are like, I send, Lord, I need, I, need, I need prayer today. We ain't washing the dishes. No, we ain't talking about that. Cleanliness as in the purity of what's going on in your house. What are we listening to? What are we watching? What, is your, what are your kids ingesting into their spirit? I know this is, this is kind of boring, but I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to take you somewhere in a minute. What, 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 what are you listening to? I'm not going to get into this, but like around 1994, there was a rapper by the name of Snoop Dogg. And he had a debut album, and I can't even pronounce the name of that album. But it was a cartoon with a dog in a doghouse. And somebody in our house had the cassette in their bedroom on a dresser. And my dad walked in the house, went into the room, and seen this Snoop Dogg album and went off because he realized what somebody was ingesting into their ears in their room when no one was around. Y'all quiet. <laughs> Me and Rachel were sitting there the other day, and we listened to Cardi B. And we like, ugh. We listen to Amigos. We like, ooh, we let them listen to some of this. And, you know, they're, they're blacking out certain words, but your kids ain't stupid. They know what that blackout word it really is. And what it is is you're, we're allowing them to ingest certain things, and then they're hearing certain things that they don't know about, but then they become, uh, uh, what's the word? They start becoming interested in trying to figure out what is Cardi really talking about? What is Migos really talking about? I ain't trying to be a hater because I listened to all that too when I was that age. And I was wrong. But what I'm saying is we have to, as the parents, we have to be careful and watch what our children are ingesting. What is on the television? <laughs> Y'all quiet. Quiet. Back in the day, my parents just let us uh, stay up late downstairs in the living room. And my dad, we used to constantly run down the steps because he knew around 11 o'clock, HBO would show some inappropriate stuff. We didn't even have Cinemax in my house. Cinemax was sin. That's what yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cinemax was just sin. But they would watch, and they would keep a certain... We didn't have you know, all the codes and all that stuff that you have now where you can't get into nothing. Back then, you just hit that remote real quick, and then you know, they run down the steps, and you switch it back. I was watching the Eagles. They only play on Saturday. <laughs> but you, you, you got to watch all of that stuff that they're ingesting because that stuff are getting in the spirit. And next thing you know, you got somebody too far out there. This is drug culture music. Yes, it is. Molly and all that stuff. I don't even know all the drugs anymore now. Perks. And they just throw that in the hook. Percocet, Percocet, Percocet. And you like, <laughs> Percocet. <laughs> Molly, 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 Oxycontin, Oxycontin. <laughs> and you're like, Jesus. And, you know, and that stuff's just getting in the spirit. And next thing you know, somebody want to know what Molly is. Somebody want to know what Oxy is. Somebody want to know what a perk is. Uh, Y'all help me out. I don't know no more. <laughs> Opioid. All that stuff, they throwing it in the songs. And they're glorifying that culture. And that culture is getting into the, these children. And can I help you? It ain't hitting certain areas like it's hitting some other areas. Those pills is hitting the rich areas. Because they can afford $100, $200 pills. So this ain't even 
a poor and rich thing, it's hitting every area according to what you can afford. I'm done here. Number seven. And then I'm, I'm going to move on. Number seven, church. Church. Our family should have a connection to a local church. Not Bedside Baptist. <laughs> but some type of local community, some type of local church. Because fellowship is important. Y'all quiet. Fellowship is important. So, you guys with me? So it says, sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord. I told you to put daughters there. Sons and daughters are indeed a heritage from the Lord. I want you to take the word heritage out, and I want you to put the word gift there. Sons and daughters are indeed a gift from the Lord. I want you to understand that you did not just have a child, but God gave you a gift. There are people that would die to have children, and God favored you to carry a child. And if he didn't favor you to carry a child, he favored you to adopt a child. He favored you to come into a blended family with children. He favored you to watch over some type of child because God seen something in you to mold and to shape this child. So therefore, these children are a gift. There's, well, can I, I wish I could go here. There's no such thing as a mistake, baby. There's no such thing as a mishap. It is part of the will of God, and they are indeed a gift from the Lord. And we have to treat our children as such, their gifts. And when you have a gift, you don't allow your gift to be used any kind of way. You don't abuse a gift. You treat a gift with all type of delicacy. You love on that gift. You hold that gift. You, 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 you cherish that gift. And that is the same way that we need to cherish and love our children. Somebody look at your family, look at your neighbor and say, my child is a gift. Get on my nerves, but they a gift. Want to beat them sometimes, but they are a gift from God. I know it's hard for some of y'all to say it right now, but look at him again. Say, my child is a gift. <laughs> some of y'all struggling. <laughs> Your child is a part of the plan of God, and because they are part of the plan of God, it, they have purpose, and your purpose is to help them find their purpose. Yes. One of the worst things is for a child to turn 18 and then try to find their purpose. They should be molded into at least having direction towards a purpose by the time they leave the house. Y'all with me? Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Watch this. Your child is your arrow. I'm going to say it again. Your child is your arrow. Lana, come here. Your child is your arrow. Come on, JJ. I told him he's going to help me today. Your child is your arrow. All right, he ain't coming. Your child is your what? Arrow. Your child is your arrow. Now watch this. Okay, here he comes. <laughs> he, he, this is my arrow. Watch this. What do you do with arrows? You shoot them. You shoot them where? At a target. 
There are, they are your arrows. Your assignment is to shoot them to their target. Watch this. But you can't shoot them to your target if you don't have good insight. Y'all quiet. If I don't have insight of where they're going, they don't know where they're going. So I have to have keen insight of where their target is and guide them directly to where they're supposed to be. Watch this. You're going to be a doctor. Whether they do it or not, I'm still leading them in the right direction. You're going to college. You're going to bring honor roll in my house. You are not going to misbehave and act a fool in school. You are not going to sit around here and not do nothing all summer. You're going to do something. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to her now. I'm directing her. It's my assignment to direct her in the right path and give her direction. But if I'm all over the place, then she's all over the place. So I have to have stability if I'm going to give her direction. Y'all with me? You going to college, too. You going to get on a roll this year. Well, y'all quiet. This is how parents need to talk. You're not going to act a fool. You're going to grow up and you're going to be somebody. You're going to make our family name great. Come on, this, this is how you talk to your children. Yeah, you get on my nerves, but you know what? You carry my name. And ain't nobody going to be walking around with the name, my exact name, all the way down to the middle name, Henry, Jesus. Ain't nobody going to be walking around with my name acting crazy. So it's my assignment to put him in the right direction Watch this. Before I launch him. We didn't even get to the launch yet. So the first thing we have to have is we have to have keen insight. Watch this. The next thing we have to have, y'all with me, is a stable hand. Y'all with me? Because if I'm shaky, she's shaky. Y'all with me? Come on, boy, boy. If, if, if I'm shaky, she's shaky. If I don't have a stable hand, She's not going to be stable. Watch this. If I can't keep a job, she ain't going to know what keeping a job is. If I'm not faithful, she don't know what faithful is going to be. If I don't love God, she won't know how to love God. So I have to have a stable hand before as I put her in direction so that she can have stability in her life or at least know what stability looks like. Y'all quiet. It's one thing I can say about my parents is they've always provided. My parents were always consistent with God. My parents always kept a job. Y'all quiet, this is little stuff. My parents always told us they loved us. So now that I have stability, now I have my own arrows, and I'm bringing this stability to them, and I'm saying, I love you. I'm saying, look at me. I get up every morning. I go to work. I provide. You can do it. I went to college. I got a bachelor's. I got a master's. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm giving you a steady hand in your life so that you can follow suit. Watch this. When an archer has to create an arrow, watch this. Bend over. <laughs> he is just off the charts today. All right, all right, all right. We done with you. Now go have a seat. Come here, Lana. Bend over. Uh, hey, Mr. Breakdancing. Go have a seat. Go back to mommy. 
I'm sorry, y'all. That's the juice. That's right. Clap your hands for the, clap your hands for the man. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. <laughs> now look, when an archer has to look for an arrow, watch this. The arrow or the wood or the shaft of the arrow is bent. And he spends a whole lot of time sharpening it and getting it straight before he can use it. If he tries to use a bent arrow and puts it in a bow and releases it, it comes back and injures him. Which means that if my child is crooked and I don't fix her up and straighten her out, she'll end up injuring me. She'll come back in the house and she'll end up being painful to me when I was supposed to send her out to be painful to the devil. So what I'm going to do during these 18 years that she's in my house is I'm going to straighten her up. Straighten yourself up. Watch this. Speak when you see adults. Y'all quiet. Don't you see Miss Tanya talking to you? Say hi. Y'all quiet now. Where you going with that on? I know y'all don't want y'all know. I know we live in a time now you can wear whatever you want. Not my house. Pull that just down. And I'm a little worse because I want them down to the ankles anyway. I spend all this time now during these 18 years shaping, molding, and stretching her out and making her tall and strong. Because if I send her out into the world all crooked and bent and I launch her, she's only going to come back home and be a pain to me. And what we have is we got a lot of folks that we sent out, but they came back and ended up being pains. Yeah. <laughs> pains in the tail. Because we didn't straighten them out when we had them. Or they spend their adulthoods trying to be straightened out. And they're just all over the place because nobody took the time to discipline them, straighten them out before they stretched them and sent them. Does this make sense? I'm, I'm gonna give you the last one, I'm done here. And the last one, y'all with me, is the archer or the parent has to have the strength to release. The parent has to have the strength to release the child. We live in an era of helicopter moms. Y'all know what those are. Helicopter dads where we hover over them, and we don't let them be adults, and we don't let them figure out life, and we cover them all up, and now they're 29, 20, 30, 35, 38, 39, 40, and they ain't launched in life yet because somebody was afraid to stretch them and release them. Y'all quiet. Can I go a step further? Y'all want to go biblical? They was getting married at 14 and 15. Now, I know it's a different era. I know. No, trust me. I would never send my 14, 15-year-old out in the world. No. But for me to just helicopter, helicopter her and not teach her responsibility, not teach her how to hold down a job, not teach her how to handle her own money, not teach her how to be responsible, I'm only, all I'm doing is I'm keeping her right here on my side, and I'm never releasing her out into the world. 
So what you have is you have a generation, is that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey called Failure to Launch. You ever see that movie? Yeah. Failure to Launch. Matthew McConaughey was about 40, still living at home with his parents, was bringing girls in the house and everything else. And he was afraid to be a man. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that we do everything that we can do so that when we pull the bow, they'll hit their target, they'll be straight, they'll have it together. You know, we're going to have our twists and turns. All of us in our adulthood, even us that had decent parents, we still had to figure some, some things out. But for the most part, those of us that had decent parents, good parents, you still had some type of direction of where you wanted to go in your life. Now, I told y'all, you know, 8, 17, 16, I, my direction was all jacked up. But I knew the way. And I made certain decisions, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I did a whole lot of stuff that I wouldn't have had to do if I would have just listened. But the instruction was there. So I didn't graduate college until I was 25. I didn't get a master's until I was 33. I could have did all that by the time I was 25. But because I played around and had to figure life out and drop out of school and go get jobs and have to hate a job to go back to school and do all that kind of stuff. I had to go through all those twists and turns. But I still had some type of direction in my life. And I still am able to go towards my target because somebody set a standard in my life when I was this age. I was going to do, um, I'm, I'm done. Thank you, babe. <laughs> I, was, I was going to do Psalms 128, but I, I'm going to leave that alone. Because um, this, dang, I, I talked a lot, huh? So I'm going to give you these three points and I'm going to sit down. <clears throat> With me? All right. Point number one, no matter how hard you work, God is still in control. God is still in control. And you're saying, well, why do I have to work hard <laughs> if God is in control? Because God is in control. And what he do, let me help you here. If God wasn't in control, you wouldn't be able to work. If God wasn't in control, you wouldn't be able to do what you have to do in order to provide for your family. So what we want to understand is that every opportunity, every, every, every job, every promotion, every Every vendor, every business opportunity, I don't know what kind of jobs everybody does in here that God sends your way, it's all based off of his favor. So we got to always be thankful because God is in, in the control of our lives, even when it feels like we're working hard. Number two, we have a huge impact in shaping our kids' vision. I'm going to say that again. We have a huge impact on shaping our kids' vision. I want you to think about this today. If your child is your arrow, what are you doing to shape them right now? For those of you that have grown children, what have you done to shape them? Mm. Did, you did you point them in the right direction? Did you shape them and prepare them to launch? And did you release them so that they could launch? Number three. The seven C's that marks a house, that marks that a house was built by God. We already went through all seven of those C's. The seven C's are conversations, commitment, commandments, conver conversions, I'm sorry, conversions, commitment, commandments, conversations, compassion, 
cleanliness, and church. Do you have those seven things lined up? Because if those seven things are part of your family, then you live in a I'm sorry, excuse me. Then you have a family that is built by the Lord. I have a word of prayer here, and then I have two people I want to pray for. Um, one desire, special prayer, the other person I just want to pray for. <laughs> um, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, for this word on today, God, this message of family matters, God. We ask, God, that you uh, touch each and every single one of us that are parents, God. Uh, continue, God, to help us understand the value of our children, God. And, God, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift of our children, God. God, don't, do not allow us, God, to take lightly this responsibility that you've given us, God. But, God, today, God, we ask, God, that you continue, God, to give us the instruction, give us, God, the uh, information and all of the knowledge and the wisdom that we need to be effective parents to our children. And, Lord, we ask, God, that you continue, God, to help us be better parents so that we can raise a generation, God, that is even greater than what we've accomplished in our lifetime. And, Lord, we thank you and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.